There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you want to boost the economy like Taylor Swift? Do you want to run a business empire like Rihanna? Intuit is the financial platform that helps everyday people prosper. Intuit helps you take control of your finances through products like TurboTax, Credit Karma, QuickBooks, and MailChimp. Whether you're trying to manage your money or trying to run a business, Intuit gives you the confidence to take control of your finances so you can live your best life. Intuit has helped 100 million people live their best financial lives. Visit Intuit.com, I-N-T-U-I-T.com to start living yours. Let's get into it. You know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort. Creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets turns. Look, man. Where? Oh, I see. Wow. Oh, my. Oh, and look over there. Wow. Is that oh, culture? Uh, yes. Oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. Yeah. Las Culturistas. Ding dong. Las Culturistas calling. What a treat for everyone listening at home, but a tragedy for the love for, for some out there for my bowen yang diehards because this is not bowen yang this is my other sister who i knew to call on when bowen was having technical difficulties introduce yourself hi my name is joel kim booster <laughs> this is really oh this is borderline problematic to be slotting in for bowen yang shut up it is you know the symmetry people are gonna talk people are gonna make their jokes no and i don't think so honey people making jokes like that We've See, been and you there. said you didn't know what your I don't think so, honey, was going to be. And look at you already popping off. It can't be that. How boring. No. But listen, people literally at DC, <laughs> a fan came up to me at a meet and greet and was like, Bowen Yang, I love your work. Shut and I was up. like, we are not still doing that in the no. this year of our Lord 2021. Stop Asian hate. This we is ridiculous. I, no, this is fully ridiculous. Also, I will say this. I also hosted another podcast with you. The Legally Blonde Recap podcast was truly a moment in podcasting history. That feels like 10,000 years ago. Mm. I cannot believe we did that. And I cannot believe we need, you know what we need to bring back for this, this episode of Las Culturistas? 
Oh my one God, what cousin of the one week? Cousin of the week. We need to bring back cousin of the week. By the end of the episode, after, after I don't think so, honey, before I don't think so, honey, we will do cousin of the week. Cousin of the week was a segment on our Joel and I's Legally Blonde uh, recap podcast. By the way, we should say it was Legally Blonde, the series, the, the musical, the series. And we, we did a recap podcast for that. The search just for the next time. The search for the next Elwoods, Woods, which I believe it came out mm, 13 years ago. Yeah, and I, so, I want to say like 2008. Yeah, 2008. That feels exactly right. Stylistically, thematically, aesthetically, that from what we watched, 2008 feels dead on. In fact, I think it is. And we did do a segment based on the contestants that we called Cousin of the Week, which was something I created because I felt that at any given time, any of those contestants were giving cousin energy. Right. And, and, it, and it makes and it tracks. Absolutely. It makes complete sense. When you watch the show and it will make complete sense today when we name out of all the topics that we talk about, we will be naming a cousin of the week and it, you, you won't ask it. There are no follow up questions to be asked. No, we're not available to answer any questions after. No. We, we, are, we, are, we are actually abjectly unavailable. Isn't this funny? Because you actually texted me earlier. You said, what are you doing tonight? Sort of intimating that you wanted to hang out. I and did. The, and because you're what are you in Manhattan now? I'm in Brooklyn right now, yeah. Love the other Manhattan. Mm-hmm. The, uh, it's actually roller culture say, number seven. Brooklyn the is LA the other Manhattan. New York. <laughs> the LA of New York. The Silver Lake of New York. Truly Brooklyn. Hmm. Yeah. Think about it. I like to think um, of LA as the sixth borough of New York. A hundred percent. Wow, you're just saying fuck Long Island where I am right now. Yeah. You well, are saying that. I, 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 um, and this is actually, it's a beautiful stand in. I want you to know I have had a full day. Earlier, I went into town to get Italian ices, which is something that people often do on Long Island. And I went into town on Main Street. Thank you. Wow. The in Lindenhurst, the Main Street. And I went to my favorite Italian ice place growing up. It's called Patsy's Italian Ices. And I never knew this, but on the wall, there is a plaque. And I, 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 I texted you about this before in the group chat but there's a plaque on the wall and it's a quote from pat benatar being asked about <laughs> her hometown and high lit it just says patsy's serves the best italian ices and then it, it's it's um, it's a plaque on the wall so this town lindenhurst which is right right by where i grew up and where my parents grew up is so proud that pat benatar just tossed off this italian ice comment that they placked it and put it on the wall high lit Okay, and it's across the church from Pat Benatar's church, Our Lady of Perpetual Health. It's across the church. It's across the street. It's across the church. Now, I want to be. I want to be fully upfront. I want to be real and raw with all of the readers tonight. That's what we do. I took a melatonin about fifteen minutes before you called, (sighs) and so not only am I unprepared to talk about culture, not only have I not really ingested very much culture over the last couple of weeks. You've ingested melatonin instead. I've ingested a little (laughs) melatonin, so I might be feeling a little sleepy sleepy by the end of this podcast. I often feel that people are at their most raw and vulnerable when they've just, when they've gotten a little sleepy. So I'm happy to get you in this state, but it's actually good that you, that we strike a little bit of a somber tone because have you heard the bad news? What is the bad news? (sighs) Megan McCain is leaving the view. No, this is old. Well, we do have to talk board, about board it. member. She has resigned from the view to sort of, I guess, commit herself fully 100% to being a board member of Las Culturistas. But that's not the bad news with which I speak, of which I speak. The bad news is T'Challa Samuels, Monique's bird, <gasps> has passed. No. And 
she said on her Instagram that T'Challa passed in a freak accident. She didn't go any further. I think that probably it's too painful and potentially graphic and tragic. Because when I hear freak accident, I don't think, you know, that the bird went peacefully. No, but like, you know, fuck birds. I've never met a bird that I cared if they lived or died. Um, truly, not even that bird? Not even that bird. Freak accident with with birds, by the way, can mean anything. A freak accident for a bird could mean it flew out a window, which is not that freakish for a bird to do. Well, you know that bird once ran away. That bird yeah. has a history of flying the coop, so to speak. And, so, you know, that what's wasn't going a on, until What's it was. going on in that household? What's going on in that household? Who's having that conversation? Who's having that conversation? All I'm saying is, look, and th- if anyone has ever had a pet, like, run away, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying, like, what the hell's going on in that house and who's having that conversation? Because the bird tried to run away and successfully or flew away, as it were, and then flew back. And now there's a freak accident. Again, not blaming her. And I know there's been a lot of drama in her life over the past year, but also shady of God to have this happen on the week of the Potomac premiere that she's not in. Yeah, really shady of God to have it happen during America's birthday, too, of all things. Uh, like to giveth and taketh away, to remind, to, to sort, uh, it's just too much. I think in, to be Monique Samuels right now, to sort of see the Potomac trailer, to sort of see like Wendy really sort of take her place, as it were, as like she's like narrating the trailer. You know that Wendy's going to be dr- bringing the drama this season in a way. And to know that like her bird died on the week of the premiere. Oh my Dr. God. Wendy. She's lost so Dr. much. Dr. Wendy, by the way. Address her correctly. You are, you are correct. But um, I just, I, it's almost proper for me that you come in here sort of in having ingested melatonin because I never thought this would be like a yeah, last coach. I, and I just sort of like flashed my hands like this yeah, to yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. say fanfare. This is a sedate, this is a sedate. This is calm. This is a calm day of remembrance. You, you guys are going to get about a third of the content at the exact same timestamp. <laughs> and you're going to pay the same zero dollars, okay? So don't you fucking complain. Why did you tell me that you uh, would not have been in the mood to do this two hours ago, or is that an off-camera comment? Um, it's sort of an off-camera comment. I, it's, it's not important. It's not important now. Um, I was just, I've had a, a whirlwind day mm-hmm. um, full of text messages and FaceTimes and um work related stuff and it's been it's it is it is honestly it is for you matt as my friend to hear which is why i wanted to go to dinner with you tonight as a friend and it is not for you matt as a podcaster to hear now how different do you think honestly 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 it could be it could happen on an instagram live now that's the sort of the liminal space between podcasting and and a private one-on-one dinner is i would reveal all on an instagram live but not on this podcast where everyone's family no it's the the audience is too big oh jesus it lives on forever all right fine it it does live on in perpetuity wow scary to think about Mm -hmm. things on this podcast living in perpetuity i i believe i said on my very first appearance that st louis was the worst city in america 
So you did, and that was that sort of calls back to your very first episode, which is called All Across America, where we talked almost exclusively about which American cities were bad and which ones yep. were good. Something I really hope no one listens to, but now that I said it, they probably will. <laughs> and I would like to say I've since visited Phoenix, Arizona, and I would like mm-hmm. to say Phoenix, Arizona is far worse than St. Louis. Really? Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah. I don't know what it's offering. What is it? Offering? I, nothing. I went to. I had a show in hmm. in historic downtown Phoenix. They kept saying it. Historic. It's the arts district. The historic downtown Phoenix. It looks like a fucking Chipotle. Oh, Everything God. down there. Because you you forget. Like at least St. Louis, there's history there. It's an yeah. older city. You forget that a lot of stuff on the West, brand spanking new. There is no history. There is no culture. It's just teal. It's just a big teal Chipotle. Oh, teal, not teal. It's not great. Uh, well, the thing, too, is like you just said that St. Louis has a lot of history and I'm racking my brain. And this is how, you know, I am in my hometown of Long Island, New York, because I'm like, what's the history on Long Island? Mark McGuire. Hey, that's something. That's something. There was a time when Mark McGuire, he was I mean, look at me in my baseball hat. By the way, if you look behind me, look at all those trophies. Oh my God, so mask, so mask. It's incredible how mask I sort of am on Long Island. And I'm telling you, it comes out. Your voice is deeper, in fact. Deeper and darker. Yeah. Yeah, I, honestly, that's part of having the gay cold. I have the gay cold. I, got it. I caught the gay cold finally over the weekend. So you are a believer then in the gay cold. You would not sort of... Yes, I believe that when gay people party for five weekends in a row and get, you know, no less than four hours of sleep for five days of those in a row every single week, that you will develop a cold. I especially, do believe that. Especially after uh, a iconic period of um, immune system suppression and exactly. over hand sanitation. We were iconically separated this Pride and Fourth of July weekend. So I don't know how yours was. And that's something I can hear about. My Pride? Yeah, well, how was your damn pride? How was your 4th of July weekend? I don't, I'm don't. i not even going to see you on my Fire Island trip, which feels stupid. My pride was fucking fantastic. I was in San Francisco mm. for all of it. And it was, um, it was a delight. And listen, I think people sleep on San Francisco as a pride city. It is, Do they? It, I think so. I mean, there were plenty of people that were visiting there. But, you know, for my entire life, since I was a child, since I was three years old, since I could stand up, I said, I do pride in New York. That's where I do it. Okay. That's where the Stonewall riots happened. Exactly. That's where I need to be. Okay. Yeah. That's where all the good um, floats are. All the, all the good big floats, big banks. Yeah. But there was actually, um, uh, there was a riot before Stonewall that happened, what? um, in San Francisco. Um, it was called, uh, the Compton cafeteria riot, the Compton, the Compton cafeteria Cafeter- riot. Okay, professor. Oh yeah. Oh, my God. You're an iconic professor. Yeah. So, in, in fact, I think it's, um, it was more appropriate for me to spend my pride in, in San Francisco. I had a lovely time. I saw mm-hmm. a lot of my friends there. Um, I, um, th- a lot of stuff happened. It is difficult because a lot of my friends who were there listened to this podcast. Uh-huh. And so, I don't want to I don't want to sort of get into I don't wanna, it. I don't want to dox. I don't want to dox them. Don't dox your. Don't dox them or yourself. It's actually. It's actually a rule of culture number ninety nine. Don't dox them or yourself. Or yourself. Don't do it. True or false? You like your San Francisco friends better than me? Yes. True. Absolutely true. Okay. Um, 
absolutely true. Mm-hmm. Uh, is it because they're more fun? Is it because they're less fun? Why do you like them better than me? Because I know you do. Um, I would say I like them better than you because they're um, they're certainly kinder to me. Um, they're a kinder bunch. Um, mm-hmm. They're more diverse. Um, you know <laughs> that me? is than you. Uh, okay, it does. Uh, you know, optically, it is a better look for me. Of um, course, yeah, and that's important to constantly. I literally, I literally imported Viarda before San Francisco. I met a guy and was making out with him, and like the third thing I said to him was like, "Why did you have to be white?" God, that is because if you're because of why because if you're photographed, people will drag. Yeah, I get dragged for it all the time. I get dragged for it all the time. I got dragged for it in San Francisco for hanging out with too many white gays. Yeah, and two of them in the picture that I posted were Latino. So I don't even know. I can I can't win in this town. I can't win in this town. I think you can win in this town. You just have to. Well, first of all, that's is that even that's something that you get a lot. Yeah, it check my DMs, babe. Check my fucking DMs. How am I gonna get in there? I know your you privacy password. is ironclad. <laughs> well, that disappoints me. You feel like you can't be in a picture with me because people are gonna say that guy's white? Fuck that. I makes yeah. me upset. Well, I mean, you are Greek, and that is something. You know, someone did look at me one time and say, Is he some sort of not white? And then someone that they the, the person they tur- they asked that to turned to them and said, No. And they were, of course, right. <laughs> I am exactly some sort of white. <laughs> I, that is all I am. What did I? We were talking today because I've been wearing a lot of ribbed tanks, formerly known as wife beaters. Um, yeah, good, and thank you for speaking that out loud. It's actually rule of culture number one hundred and seven. They're, they're ribbed, ribbed tanks, tanks, formerly, formerly known, known as, wife, as beaters. wife beaters. Thank you very much for chewing um, the consonants on that one as well. But somebody was like, why do they call them wife beaters? And I literally said, I think it's derogatory towards Greek people somehow. No, it's, it, I think you it's, know who it's derogatory towards is the, the sort of uh, milk white asses like your M&M types. You know what I, I mean? See. Your Detroiters. I, see, I, see. I think that wife beater predates that though. Yeah, you know, it is really interesting. I think we've talked about this. It, like, like the I was explaining that item of clothing to someone, and the word "wife beater" just kind of flew out my mouth, suggesting that it's been in my mouth for a very long time, yeah. and that we just accepted it a as what that item of clothing is called, and b that it was an acceptable thing to sort of conjure up that imagery when simply stating what someone was wearing. And I remember I said it, and I immediately was like. Oh my God! Can you believe that I just called it that, and that we all, the the collective, we called it that? Yeah, yeah. It's one of my favorite things to be self righteous about. Actually, these days, it's one oh, of my favorite things to be self righteous about. Yeah, that. Well, it's actually interesting. We I just said Eminem because I love to be self righteous about Eminem too. So this yeah, whole you, area I think, really. I think about you every time I say I stand something. Every time I say I stand something, and. <laughs> By the way, I have not changed the behavior. I'll continue to say it. But no, I, think I say it about constantly. You every scene. Yeah, I and, and I I was like leading the charge of being like, we can't do this. It's an Eminem thing, and remember how painful he was. I love nothing more than to get on my soapbox about Eminem. One of the coolest things about me, I'd say, mm-hmm. is how upset and angry and righteous I get when I think and about then, Eminem. And then the and next day, I you am. turn around. I stand, Ashley Simpson. I stand. <laughs> How did you know how to hurt me? <laughs> how did you know how to hurt me and expose me? 
I recently discovered, I was talking with a friend about this. Ashley Simpson is the perfect pop cultural reference mm-hmm. for almost all occasions. For almost all occasions. I was yeah. literally telling him, I was telling him about the Hollywood Bowl performance of Chicago and how like- Which apparently she slayed. She slayed, she did slay. But I was like telling him about it and I was like, you know, they always cast it with like these weird C-list celebrities like Chicago with Ashley Simpson. And he thought I was, he thought I was fucking brilliant, first of all, because he thought he was like, wow, what an incredible improvised line. Like these two references together. And I was like, no, babe, this is real. I'm just saying history, okay? Yeah. Talk about, I mean, maybe it's the glossary of St. Louis because it's history, baby. It is fun to think about. It is fun to think about has-beens in the Hollywood Bowl. Like, oh, who, who is your has-been? What, what is your combo C-list celebrity and... Honestly, here's musical. mine. Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin starring with Erica Jane in a Hollywood Bowl version of Chicago. I want Rinna wow. playing Velma. I want Erica Jane doing Roxy, which she did. And also Roxy, of course, I mean, Rinna famously would not stop talking about how she did Roxy, but I also think she's got Velma in her. We see the way she moves. Voluptuous. And I think Harry Hamlin, I would like to see him do Billy Flynn. I think um, that would be interesting. Countess Luann in there as the matron Mama Morton, because apparently she was this close to booking that gig. Mm. So she says, so she says, let's be real. She was out here like really saying it was happening. She's like, yeah, and I'm doing Chicago. Uh, <laughs> that was my Countess Lewin. And I'm doing Chicago. Man, I don't even think that was official. Yeah, I want to see, um, I want to see uh, Phil of the Future oh. in Next to Normal. Oh my That's God. <laughs> Whatever that kid's name is. You want to see, yeah, wow, what is that kid's name? We're going to call him Phil of the Future. Um, but you want to see sort of a bad next to normal. I don't want to yeah. see next to normal done badly. See these other shows, you can see done badly because it's the camp. Chicago, mm-hmm. we can see done badly. Next to normal, did I ever tell you about the time I saw next to normal on Broadway? No, but I, I'm, I can't wait to hear about it. Well, I won the lottery. So you know how you could go like put your name in the lottery? I won. Yeah, and we got to sit in the Lincoln seats, which I call them because famously, you know, he sort of, what I'm saying is I was in like that mezzanine box. And um, I cried harder than I think I've ever cried in my life. <laughs> Next to my friend Mackenzie, who, who was like my, my friend, like we were, we were like sophomores in college. And we I literally, I wept so hard at Alice Ripley. So anyway, I'm leaving. I thought you'd like to know. Remember her like iconic did you see it with her? I didn't see it with her. No, you fucked up. I saw, I saw, I saw a summer summer stock theater production of it. Who was in it? Ago. What did you even have a good? No, no nobody was thing? good. Nobody was oh good. Oh my god, it was terrible. The, 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 and what what I would give to go back and see some of the stuff that was on Broadway when we were in New York. What we need to do is get Alice Ripley on TikTok because do you remember the YouTube videos? <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> The YouTube videos of Alice Ripley just completely losing her mind on a, yeah. on a, on a video blog. We need yeah. Alice Ripley on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, I think all these all these actresses of a certain age that are like um, sort of you know aging out of their types on Broadway, they should go to TikTok because that's where it's happening. And I do think like the, this the Zoomer generation would respond to them because they have the tricks. You know what I mean? Yes. Vocal tricks. And this is the sort of thing, like, you can you can get, Alice Ripley can get her tricks across in TikTok like that. Shoshana Bean is flopping not being on TikTok. Well, see, I was talking more about 
Alice Ripley's like spoken word sort of jet fuel can't melt steel beams that sort of vein of things is she is she is she she a denier you know what Uh, that's the energy that she brings to those videos (laughs) I don't want to say I don't want to say for sure I don't want to say with certainty that she is a denier but that is definitely the energy the vibe that she brings to those videos oh my god how iconic to bring 9-11 denier energy but she's got it. Marion Cotillard. Yeah. There are angels in this city. There are angels in this city. And steel doesn't melt like that. When it comes to travel, we all have that happy place. Whether it's the beach, ski slopes, couples getaway, or even a visit to that best friend you haven't seen in way too long, Matt. And Priceline wants to get you there for a happy price so you never have to miss a trip. Now, we all know we love to vacation together. We have various happy places. We love to go to Orlando, Florida. We love to go to Las Vegas, Nevada. We love to go to a beach anywhere. We love to go to Europe. But when we have truly traveled the world globally and domestically. My happy place is with my sister and any of those locations he just listed. And now, thanks to Priceline's VIP family feature, you can go to your happy place more often while earning deals up to five times faster with a group. When one person from the squad travels, everyone gets more deals, and you can even choose your own crew. It doesn't have to be your actual family. It could be your neighbor, your roommate, your mailman, anyone. The more you travel, the more you save. For me, I'm choosing Matt Rogers. I'm choosing producer Becca. Yeah. We're all going together, the Lost Cult family. So download the Priceline app today to save up to 60% off select hotels and go to your happy place with Priceline. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. You know, but one of the toughest things about decorating my apartment has been getting things framed, finding a place that will custom frame all my beautiful art pieces that I have without breaking the bank has been close to impossible. But then I found FrameBridge. I found FrameBridge too. FrameBridge makes it easy to get anything framed at an affordable price. Easily order online at framebridge.com or visit a FrameBridge retail store. Upload a digital photo for them to print and mail your item using their free, secure, prepaid packaging. Or visit one of their 20 plus retail stores. FrameBridge custom frames your piece in their studio using the highest quality materials and ships it to your door in days for free. I love going into the brick and mortar locations. I've got one here in Brooklyn and they're so sweet. They can give you inspiration for where you want to get framed, I went in and I was like, I'm going to get my Chromatica ball bracelet framed. And they helped me. Oh my God, I'm so excited. I have so many memories I need framed and put upon the wall. And uh, they have a curated selection of frame styles with design experts right on hand who make it fun to choose the perfect frame for you. See why FrameBridge has been trusted to frame over 2 million pieces. Visit FrameBridge.com or a local FrameBridge store to get started and custom frame just about anything. That's FrameBridge.com. 
Hey, Lost Culturistas listeners, we're here to tell you that there's no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy takes the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone and any occasion. It's easy. Just tap or click Gift Mode on your Etsy app or Etsy.com, then answer a few short questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you curated gift ideas based on hundreds of personas. There's a lot of pressure around gifting. I usually have a hard time thinking of gift ideas for the birthdays of loved ones in my life. And sometimes I do get super stressed trying to find that perfect thing. Me too. But now with Gift Mode on Etsy, I can search hundreds of gifting personas and find so many incredible items. And I actually just found a custom chalk bag for the adventurer in my life who's into rock climbing. Not me. Now it's simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So... Whether you need a housewarming gift for the new homeowner in your life or a birthday present for the pickleballer in your life, Gift Mode has you covered. I'm not the pickleballer. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try Gift Mode on Etsy now. By the way, speaking of Erica Jane, I haven't really gotten to download with you about the housewives of it all. Well, let's do it. What are your fucking thoughts? Is she guilty? Um, She's absolutely guilty. Have you seen the hustler and the and the and the and the housewife? I was waiting to watch it with Sudi. Can you sort of download me? Well, there's really nothing new except like they're both at fault. They're both vile. They're both evil. Um, It is worth watching the first 15 (laughs) minutes just to have Danielle Staub try to explain how she knows Erica Jane Um, because it's literally like she doesn't. She doesn't know Erica Jane, and it's she's literally like, yeah, we met um one time, and I. There was something about her, like, and it's so clear she has no idea. They have never, they have no relationship. Um, but that's fun. Um, it is, it is worth watching like the first forty-five minutes of for sure. I don't think okay. you need the full hour and a half, but especially because Daniel Staub is apparently quite a large part of it. And by the way, if you didn't think it was going to happen, we already have our front runner for cousin of the week, which is Danielle Staub. Yeah. And she, I, especially here on Long Island where I am, that is a Long Island cousin if I've ever seen one. Absolutely positive about information she does not have. That is, and also just the, the, her, the, her entire state of being. I, you know what though? Also, I would say Alice is definitely in the running for cousin of the week too because she's that, she's that older cousin that you still have to call aunt. Even though she's yeah. not really your aunt, she's technically mm-hmm. your cousin. But right. you call her Aunt Alice anyways because she's yeah. just so much older than everybody else. Yes, because it would feel odd for her to be... She's not one of the cousins. She certainly doesn't sit at the kid's table. No, 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 no. Childless, husbandless. 100%. But related and, and around. I've told you, though, that like literally when I was younger, I didn't know this until I started watching Real Housewives of New Jersey, but Melissa Gorga is peak hot cousin energy. Like when you're a little gay boy on Long Island, you want to be Melissa Gorga more than anything else. At least in the past two seasons when she's got like her like, sorry, but I mean, she would admit to this. Like she's got her work like all the way done and yeah, gotten together sure. and settled in. And she's like dressing better than ever. She is peak cousin energy. Gorga. Hmm. I, I mean, I don't see that. That's not my. It's like, not your culture. In the, in, in the Midwest, it's not our culture to look like that. No. It's just not. Um, I'm uh, like, we're much more of a, a sweatpants tucked into an Uggs like very platinum blonde. Right. That sort of... Sort of like a younger Sutton Strack. Maybe. Even like Brandy Glanville. Oh, tough. Yeah. Um. Well, but okay, so so Erica Jane, you, you, she is guilty as per 
the housewife. She is absolutely guilty. She's no. she knew something. Okay. She absolutely knew something. I hate and that. And Andy is protecting her. Andy is protecting her in a way on this show that I, you know, he's my king. You know, he's my king. I let, tell me, let me tell you something. He He's my king too. And it's going to be a race. You're way ahead of me right now, but it's going to be a race. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. You know, we, you know I love to share boys with you. <laughs> yeah, that is fully true. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, hey, King, if you're listening. Um, but wait, wait, wait. Does the documentary allege that Andy is protecting her? Or do you, Joel Kim Booster, allege that he is protecting her? You watch the documentary and then you watch the show and you're like, this show is protecting Erica Jane. Like they're giving her this narrative. And who knows? Who knows what turn it's, who knows what turns it will take by the end. I, you know, I do think Garcelle smells a, a, a rat. Mm-hmm. I do think that she is on to her a little bit, but um, I don't know that we're going to get a ton of, of Eric Jane is guilty on the show itself. Well, Erica Jane does not like her edit. Did you hear about this? No. Erica, and you know who's, by the way, you know who's been curiously silent on the Erica Jane of it all is big, is big Erica Jane Stan. Megan McCain, curiously silent now that it seems Erica Jane may be going to the big house, as they call it. Hmm. Megan McCain. That's why she's leaving The View. She, she didn't want to comment on it. <laughs> she was like, I know this is going to become a top story and I have to leave now before it becomes um, ubiquitous in the culture. Um, no, no, no. But basically, I, I, my thing is like, if Erica Jane is guilty and she doesn't like her edit because... I guess they show her sort of flaunting her wealth in the early episodes. Like, and, yeah. and I, I think she's unhappy about it all. Then does she continue on the show? And if she doesn't continue on the show, what happens? Does she go to jail? Is it like that bad? Or is it like, you know, non felonious, like attached to your like insanely, you know, felon husband? I don't know. What is it? You know, um, something about me is that. I'm not a legal expert. Um, and I've been saying that for This is years. why we need a Sonny um, Hostin on the show. This is yeah. why we need a Sonny to cut to and go, can you explain this to us? But I'm absolutely going to speak out of turn and say she flips. She flips. <gasps> she, gets a plea gar- she gets a plea bargain. She flips. She goes back to waiting tables. She does Erica oh. Jane performances on the weekends. She loses Mikey. Oh. I want the scene where, they, where, where, he, where she has to fire him. I want the scene where... She looks at her fucking books, realizes she can't keep Mikey, and has to sort of call him over. And in a much more dramatic breakup than anything she could have ever had with Tom Girardi, has to let Mikey go. Yeah. That and, and it's such a shame because I don't think he's done. I don't think he's done with the work that he wants to do. Like he came back, he has, he's got those all-star lips mm-hmm. now, but I think he wants the teeth too, babe. I think he wants the teeth. I think he want. I, I think he's. I think he's in this for a long time. I think he's in, in this for an eventual eye lift. I mean, I think. I think he's in this for a long haul. And I actually. I think he's got more to say. I think Mikey has more to say creatively, and I want him on the team still. I. I. I I'm just upset. Like, I don't know. Like, it, I guess I didn't realize I liked Erica Jane this much, but I really don't want her to be. I don't want her to be a criminal. I'm so I'm sort of I've been done with Erica Jane for a couple of seasons now. I don't need her on the show. She she gives nothing. What has she given in the last two seasons? She gives nothing. And we've now got Dorit. 
Dorit gives the looks. Dorit brings the drama. Mm-hmm. Dorit brings her goofy little accent. We don't mm-hmm. need Erica. Yeah, I forget that that's true. I, and go maybe back we and have, watch. Yeah. Go back and watch that confrontation on the boat. I showed this to you over quarantine. You're right. You're this right. was this was something. This is what kept us going in quarantine. Was this confrontation on the boat where Dorit says, "You are cold, and you bring nothing." And mm-hmm. she was right. Dorit, go yeah. back and watch that fight on the China boat. She was right. Dorit was right. Believe all Dorit's. You actually are a hundred percent right that Dorit sort of handled Erica in that moment. That I think, and I think, I think I said to you like, and I think Dorit's response was not in Erica's playbook. It's like mm-hmm. Erica doesn't get spoken back to like that. Like no, when Erica says, when Erica Jane says to anyone, "You're jealous of me." The response that she thinks she's going to get is, you're right, and I'm afraid of you too. And Dorit was like, hold on, wait, pause it all. I'm not jealous of you. I'm not afraid of you. I don't like you. Why? What? What is there to like about you? I find you to be really cold and not fun to be around, and you're a bully. And that was, a, that was I think that's why Dorit is still there today, and Teddy is not. Because Teddy was shaking like a leaf the whole time. Mm-hmm. Like a leaf. Like an, uh, and 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 without the looks, she had she. You have to bring no looks. some column A, some column B. She had no call. She had no columns. No, she was talk collapsed. About, talk about your Midwest cousin. That's Teddy Mellencamp. Oh, yeah. Talk about talk about sweatpants yeah. tucked into an UGG. That's Teddy Mellencamp. That's T Mellencamp, and we say now, that with all the love in the world for John Cougar Mellencamp. And where are we? <laughs> where are we? V re uh, Sutton V Crystal. Um, okay, so I, this is, here's the thing. I am a slutton. I am a, I am a slutton. Wow. And I, I identify as a slutton. Um, Tell but, me you're that girl. Tell me you're that girl. You're see, a slutton. I, I, but, but I'm not that girl. And I was with Crystal the entire way throughout that entire thing. And I was like, Crystal to me is killing it. She's crushing it. She, I think that she could eventually one day move to center couch because I think that she will be the one to start in ultimately with Kyle or Dury, and I think she'll be able to handle herself because I think she's smart. I think she's rich in a real way. I think she can back up everything she says, and I think she's, and I say this with all the love in the world for her, a fucking a bitch. bitch. She's a, a bitch. bitch. She is a bitch. bitch. And I, and and I I think it's like aspirational. She's like she, she genuinely believes in her heart of hearts, like. Ultimately, I could walk away from Sutton right now and she would think about it forever and I could get over it and I kind of am. I just think she sort of overplayed her hand here, re the um, Sutton walking into her bedroom of it all. I think that she is going to learn from this because I think she went a little too far and gave them fodder with this thing of the violating of it all. Like Crystal being like, Sutton walked into my bedroom and I wasn't dressed and it was a violation. That language is going to give these white women who are like super concerned about cancellation and super like, that's a very, that's a very damning accusation. That's a very big word that you're throwing around there, Crystal. Like she's going to give them ammunition to be like, shame on you for making Crystal seem to be this person. And actually even Garcelle, thought it yeah. was too much and you and i was really hoping for an alliance there and it almost happened crystal would have been smarter to harp more on sutton's i don't see race issue yeah. and less on the violation issue it would I have been a better just, play 
I think it just got exhausting for her, though, that plotline. I wouldn't want to continue that plotline either, would you? Like, no. to be the one on the show that's having to handle someone that is so much... Le- it, it's like this with Dr. Tiffany Moon on Dallas. I think she got so bogged down in the Brandy storyline and then also with, um, what's-her-face, uh, Cameron. And you're talking about women who are, I'm sorry, but so much dumber than her that it's like, at a certain point, you have to feel shitty for even like allowing yourself to continue the storyline because it's not going to go anywhere because you're not playing with people with a full deck. And I think that Crystal saw the way that Sutton was responding to all of everything Crystal was saying about like, just trying to walk it back and being like, you can't be a person that says, I don't see race. That's not the way we do things anymore. Like, uh, understand that my situation is more different is more more difficult and sh- i think she just realized that sutton was not operating at a level where she could get that in that moment or at all so she yeah. kind of backed i mean these women need hazard pay every person mm-hmm. of color on a show that is predominantly white on one of these franchises deserves hazard pay for the educating that they have they are they're backed into a corner to do they mm-hmm. have no choice but to do it mm-hmm. but we can't we have to we have to stop talking about housewives no, because the, the the one thing I want to... First of all, why do you say that to me? I, I, I'm I just aware of people who listen to this show who don't watch The, the Housewives. Oh, why? Because they live in San Francisco? Hmm? That, I know people in, who don't live in San Francisco who also don't listen to The Housewives. I want to say one more thing, which is that I couldn't okay. give a shit less about New York this season. Yeah. Yeah. Leah really overplayed her hand. She really overplayed her hand. This this happens bummer. with second season. This happens all the time with girls who have good first seasons or good seasons even. They go in high on their own supply. They think their shit don't stink. They think they can get away with anything. They think they can say anything, including I'm not going to vote in the 2020 election. And Fuck. she lost me. She lost me. You know, that was that was that was a, definitely a flashback to a very bad emotional time for all of us when we were dealing with people like Leah, who were like these gorgeous, rich, white, blonde women who are like, I'm just so fucking pissed at the whole thing. I'm like, I'm probably not going to vote. I'm just like you. Oh, it's tough. Oh, it's tough. And I think because she presents as so cool, she gets away with a lot of shit. A lot of shit. Yeah, and it's just, but like the coolness of it all is like so manufactured that it, mm-hmm. it just, it's, you can, you, the cracks are showing this season. You, the cracks are showing in a way where it's like, and also just go fucking home. I'm so tired mm-hmm. of her being like, my grandmother is dying and I have to be on this vacation right now. Go home, bitch. Go home. Just go home. All right, you know what? Moving away from this, what, how would you rate your excitement level from on a one through ten scale for Black Widow? Because I don't know about my own number. Really, I would have thought you would be an eight or a nine because I'm well, I'm fairly I'm fairly an eight. I would say. And are you? But are you like a? Are you like a? Um, are you a Black Widow fan? I'm a I'm a lady fan. I, I would I, same. You know. But then I'm a prestige for, actress fan. So you would consider... And we're getting we, three of them in one movie. That's true. That's true. And we did hear... Lewis did say that he felt the movie was not bad. But I, and for Lewis, that's it. huge. Yeah, because he hates Marvel. But um, Rachel Weisz didn't have a lot to do. Florence is fun. 
and Scarlet kind of just does what she does, which is honestly what I was expecting from this. I guess I think that maybe the Black Widow, I just don't find her to be the most compelling Marvel character. And I think that you kind of know what she's been through already, right? Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is she's sort of a utility player narratively, you know, Mm -hmm. like she, they slot her in, in a lot of spaces in the movie and, and she does, she serves a function in each movie that is sort of like immaterial to her character. Like she Mm -hmm. plays a very specific role in um, Winter Soldier. She plays Mm -hmm. a much different role in Ultron. Yeah. She she plays, you know, it, it does, they do sort of like use her, for whatever they need in that movie specifically. And I just think that like, there is not a lot of there there yet because we haven't had a movie that focuses on it yet. Here's a question I have for you as someone who is a major Marvel fan and someone that watches it very closely and knows it from different angles, not just the movies. Do you think that the character of the black widow is used movie to movie in a way that is truthful to her character because she's looking for connection and looking for a family? Or do you think that Scarlett Johansson is often placed in these movies because they want some sort of will they or won't they with whoever the male lead is of that movie? Because when I watched Winter Soldier, there's like a few moments, like especially this moment in the car, there's like this actually kind of cool moment in, in for the Marvel movies um, at that point anyway, in the Winter Soldier where... Um, uh, Captain America and the Black Widow are driving in the car and it's a really quiet scene. There's like this like sort of like slow song playing on the radio and they're having this like conversation about like um like uh where they belong in the world and it's like sort of romantic and I'm like are are they intimating that that's a thing? And then also there's like a huge romantic plotline throughout the movies with the Hulk and Black Widow and they even kiss. And then in Avengers Endgame, famously her last scene, spoiler alert, is with Hawkeye, played by Jeremy Renner, and it's intimated that they also have had a romantic history. I I don't think that that, that's quite as clear. I think that they have always... That's one of the consistencies, I think, from... It's very um, loaded. It's very charged. From from Age of Ultron is that they're very close. Like, like, what is it? Like, Budapest or whatever. They they reference a couple of times Mm -hmm. um, in the movies. Like, this is just like Budapest or some shit. Like, I do think that they have, like, a closeness. I think that they have both similarly, like, dark pasts that only they are aware of. But I Uh don't think, um, I don't think, I don't think that the the endgame thing was supposed to be romantic. You don't think there was any familial? No, I think it was familial. I think it was completely familial. Interesting, because yes, Hawkeye in the movies is very much with Linda Cardellini, which Linda Cardellini, one of the biggest wastes, I would say, second biggest wastes of of a, a, a great actress in the Marvel universe, and you know what number one is, Rachel McAdams. We we've I've said it on this podcast before. I'll say it again. We need to get her new agents. Who is repping Rachel McAdams? Yeah, I think that Rachel McAdams suffers from. B, I think she suffers from fifth choice syndrome. I think yeah. that unfor- I, this I've said this on this podcast before. I think that Rachel McAdams doesn't deserve this at all, 
But I think Mm -hmm. this is what happens with her. I think that she's so good at everything. And she had that breakout moment in like 2004 where she was like the lead of the notebook and the lead and and Regina George. And she was in red eye and she was like so likable and amazing in um, wedding crashers. And then she was in family stone and did this great character performance. And I believe had supporting actress buzz for that and was just everywhere that I think people didn't see her in a specific enough way. And I think they didn't know what movies to really either write for her or push her for or whatever. So what happened was she sort of became this person who was like on everyone's list, but not first. And she also sort of popped off in the Jennifer Lawrence era. And so this, I I just think what happened to her is there weren't enough good parts for women at that time in film. And she was specifically popping off in film and it w- it would be a few years until it, that was a little bit better. And it's still not that much better because now TV is queen. TV is queen. She had her opportunity on TV, though. She that wasn't her, her fault. On TV. I know it wasn't her fault, but like, why haven't we been? Wh- where's her mayor of East Town? You why know, I think we tried it's to gotta be coming. Her? It's got to be coming. It's got to be coming because think about how on paper she's made every right decision in the world. It's true, and 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 and, and if Mean Girls came out today, she would have been nominated for. A hundred percent. You know, we're so much kinder now to not only just comedic performances, but also just comedic performances from women. I mean, like that Melissa McCarthy nomination was like huge. And they always did this. I mean, to be honest with you, like if there were going to be broad comedy performances honored, like it would happen in that category. I mean, all the way going back to like Cactus Flower with Goldie Hawn or like, you know, Marissa Tomei and my cousin Vinny, like always. Yes. But high school, never. I do think it would be it would be better now. I think you're right. In what we call the Haley Steinfeld era. <laughs> and she had to ride a fucking horse. She had to ride a horse. She had to do that goofy accent. I think, you know, and I, I just watched Clueless again today. Oh, Brittany Murphy. Brittany absolutely. fucking Murphy. I have said this. I said this across the, the table from my friend, our friend, Matt Whitaker. And he scoffed in my face. I said, if Brittany Murphy were alive today, she would have been nominated for an Oscar. She would have had a crossover absolutely. moment. She is, she was the moment and she continues to be the moment. You are hundred percent right, Jill Booster, And it's why you've been on this podcast 700 times and why you are an icon award winner. Um, aren't you? Are you a Las Culturistas icon award winner? I don't think, I think Pat's won it like three times. I don't think I have won it. I have an announcement as of tonight, Joel Kim. You have won the Las Culturas Icon Award for coming in on the clutch, and you are going to get a gift. Ah! This ah! is really exciting because for saying, do you want to give a quick speech? Yeah, I would like to thank um, the Wi-Fi in the Dominican <laughs> Republic uh, for keeping for keeping Bowen off this podcast. Um, I would like to thank Matt um, for you know needing to fill time um, and forgetting that I had hadn't won the award in the first place and mistakenly believing that I had. Um, and I'd like to thank, of course, Brittany Murphy for being sort of the launching pad of my greatest take on this podcast that I've probably said on the podcast before, but you know, it's been a year and a half since I've really needed to comment on culture. So please wrap up. Okay. Wrap um, up. They're playing me off. There do really do are do angels do in this city. Do 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 do. Wow. That Oscar song is so iconic, isn't it? That like, do, 
we all know it. Um, wait, okay, so Brittany Murphy 100% would have been at least nominated for an Oscar at this point, and I really think she would be prestige TV actress in the vein of Elizabeth Moss, because I believe that she missed her moment to really show us what she could do when there was going to be a lot more opportunity for her, because every yeah. single time she was in anything, she scored. Weren't you there when we just watched Drop Dead Gorgeous? Yeah, yeah. Incredible in that. And no one thinks of her when they think of that movie. No. Nobody thinks of Amy Adams either. Amy, no. like, listen, we talk about Kirstie Alley. We talk, we talk we do. about Kirstie Alley. We okay? really do. We really do. But what we do not talk about with Kirstie Alley is Kirstie Alley turning to Amy Adams on the set of Drop Dead Gorgeous and saying, you need to move to L.A. And <gasps> Kirstie Alley is the reason we have Arrival, is the reason oh. we have Junebug, is the reason we have the worst parts of Julie and Julia, oh. is the reason. She is the reason. And so, yes, Kirstie Alley is a kook. Yes, she is a Scientologist. But I think ca- karmically, she balanced things out by giving us Amy. She also, unfortunately, turns that fucking movie all the way out. She's yeah. so good at it. And she's also so good at It Takes Two. Oh, my God. I fucking love It Takes Two. <sighs> Steve Gutenberg and her, hot. Also, Steve Gutenberg, hot. What the fuck? Is he? Yes. Yes. Literally, yes. Look it up. He feels like the the only like the kind of hot that is only hot in the nineties. So, like mm. that men don't like don't men don't look like that. You know what? He's that type of like young Jerry Seinfeld attractive, where you're right. like, sure, you bang these women. You know what I mean? Sure, sure, and like sure. you're attracted to him despite yourself, sort of because you've been conditioned to. <laughs> Big conversation incoming. You know who's sort of an analog to that? I would Who? say who's sort of the Steve Gutenberg of today? John Reynolds. John Reynolds See? has. The very yeah. same vibe where I would I would fuck the shit out of John Reynolds. But yeah, I would let him fuck me in, for it, sure. But he he does have that same Gutenberg, young Seinfeld, young Billy Crystal. I never got Billy Crystal until I saw him when Harry met Sally. Oh yeah, you know what's funny? He's way out of his league in that movie, but you still get it. You really do still get it. And like, you ever seen City Slickers? No. He is that kind of like like a blue jean New York like curmudgeon vibe. Hair has been receding probably since he was eight years old. That vibe where you're still like, I'd still fuck you. And I also think I this is annoying to say, but like in the 90s, like whenever Jerry Seinfeld had those like hot girlfriends, whenever he was dating like Terry Hatcher, mm-hmm. like peak Terry Hatcher in the 90s, I didn't question a thing. I was like, yeah. yeah. For sure, they're fucking him. Absolutely. Um, but okay, wait. This is what I wanted to say. So, speaking of Haley Steinfeld and <laughs> Black Widow, so 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 this is relative to you and your interests. You know that Haley Steinfeld is MCU because you know she's the new Hawkeye. Yeah, I did know that. Um, I think that's amazing. Is it Kate Bishop? Is that who she's Kate, playing? She's Kate Bishop. Yeah. And did you know? that one of these sort of fun crossovers that's happening in the MCU series is Florence Pugh is in the Hawkeye series. So this sort of lends to my point earlier about the Black Widow and Hawkeye connection of it all, because you know that Florence Pugh is going to show up, sort of, I guess, the long-lost sister of Scarlett, Natasha Natasha Romanoff, and you know that Jeremy Renner is going to give his classic, like, 
uh, steely-eyed glances over at her like, why is this girl reminding me of someone from my past? I mean, I hope I hope we don't get that. I hope that they make a better choice, but I can absolutely see that happening. And I think speaking of Haley Steinfeld is frontrunner for title of that. Speaking of Haley Steinfeld, dot, 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 that's a frontrunner for title of that. And that is how I know that you truly were the person to come here because you know to offer the title of app. Speaking of Haley Steinfeld, dot, 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 parentheses, with special, ult- with ultra special guest, Joel Kim Booster. Can I congratulate you, by the way? I'm so excited for you. The, the Fire Island movie is going to be incredible. And can I say, uh, with a gentleman I'm seeing, I recently just, just watched Bride and Prejudice. Yes, and I it. loved it. And I'm also, I, I also ordered I, I ordered a special fresh copy of Pride and Prejudice. Um, and I'm going to watch the Kira version as well. And I'm like watching Kira all these. Is brilliant. I love and I can't wait to watch it again. And um, I'm just like really soaking into the story again. God damn. What a fucking classic that is. And yeah. how how well it works um, to map it onto the situation that you're mapping it on. I want to know just like not to like really seriously interview, but like what made you think of that? Um, honestly, it, it happened in like 2015 when we were there for the first time. It was the book that I brought to read. And I was literally just in the midst of reading Pride and Prejudice, looking around at this island and looking at the ways in which like our culture is sort of compressed in a very like specific way on the island. There are no straight people. There are no straight mm-hmm. people except the teenage girls that work in the canteen. In the, in the Which canteen. are my favorite That's girls. Yeah. They, and I'm they, so excited they, to see they, them next week. All my Amandas. They need they need a Bravo reality show. Like, 100%. I know that. 100%. It, it's, insane to, to, it's insane to say, like, Fire Island needs a, a show, but it needs to be about the straight girls who work in the pantry. But those of you who know, know, those girls have seen it all. They've seen it all. You know, those were all my girlfriends in high school. All my girlfriends in high school, I'm talking about Allison, I'm talking about Alex, I'm talking about both Emily's, I'm talking about Sam, I'm talking about Kate, I'm talking about Brittany, I'm talking about Lorianne. All of them worked in the Ocean Bay Park market, and they were those girls in the loose buns, the, their hair slopped up in a loose bun with an oversized sweatshirt, pre-Ariana, wearing sl- Nike slides looking like, socks. Looking like, the, looking like green M&M, every single Literally. One. Literally, and also like sort of a little bit of makeup from the night before and uh, lacrosse shorts, sleepy all day from 6 a.m. when they get there to 5 p.m. when they leave or switch over with another girl named the same name as them. I'm telling you. So, yes, you are 100 percent right. They are the only straight women there. Continue your point. Anyways, um, no. And it just like, listen, Jane Austen, like if you read it again, I know many of us were forced to read Jane in high school mm-hmm. and it didn't, and many people didn't connect. I didn't connect with it until I was in college, but like her s- social observations are so prescient and, mm-hmm. and especially the ways in which we conceal the harm that we do to each other under social niceties. And it is so gay. It is just so gay. Like she created, so she, she clocked what shade is before we had a word for it. Carolyn you know, Bingley like, was the original, uh, you know, Laomi. <laughs> that is the rule of culture number 54. Caroline, Caroline Bingley was the original Laomi. Laomi. Oh my um, God. Iconic. But no, and I just, I literally, I was like, the ways in which class sort of map onto the way in which class maps, like, 
exists in the gay community, not just class as we know it, like financially, but I think like looking a certain way is its Mm -hmm. own sort of class. Race is its own sort of class in our community. And like, it just, you know, it started as a joke. It literally started as a joke. I would joke about it constantly. And I'm going to write a movie about Fire Island that takes place on, on, or uh, that is a Pride and Prejudice remake. And I never meant to do it. And then a while ago, I wrote an essay about Jane Austen and Pride and, and Fire Island and my agent, and mm-hmm. literally the only good thing my agent has ever done, David, I hope you're listening to this and I hope you know that I think you've done nothing for my career except for this one thing. But he read that essay and he was like, you should make this a show. And I was that- like, that is the dumbest thing you've ever said. De- never talk to me again. Nobody will ever read that. And then on a plane ride to Japan, I wrote a spec script um, for what was originally going to be a show. And then eventually, um, I, you know, things happened and I sold it to Quibi. And oh, yeah. the rest that. is history. And the rest is remember history. Remember Quibi? And, oh, do I ever. Yeah. You know what's funny? Is I, like when, when Quibi launched, I was like, I'm so happy we're one of the first. And now I'm like, God, Joel really dodged a bullet by not being one of the first to launch with Quibi. Because honestly, had you had this come out with Quibi, it doesn't get made at Hulu it doesn't. with Fox it, Searchlight. It is incredible. I mean, yes, the pandemic did take my father, but did it give me a movie at Hulu? It did. Absolutely. So it all really evens out in the end. Um, also, I recently went home with a guy and he turned on his TV and, it, and the Roku thing came up. And I was like, oh my oh God, my you have God. Roku. And I got, I was actually, I was not as excited as about it. I was sort of like, oh my God, you have Roku. Um, but in the back of my head, I was like, we could watch a Quibi original. You know what you could have watched? Game show, all episodes of season one streaming on Roku. But I don't and think it's necessarily like a horny out. show. And singled out. Yeah, I have to say, like, um, I was one of those people that in high school, uh, I believe in my AP comp or ap lit at ap lit i was genius this is very much a genius i was get this i did win in my grade i won the english award like i was the best english student in in my class says the english department okay says the english department not me don't get mad at me don't make don't write me letters write the write the ap lit department or the english department at isop high school letters okay from from you know however many years ago 2008 Uh as i shrivel and die um but I did read Pride and Prejudice, and um, it, it I kind of it kind of missed me. And then in reading your piece about it that you wrote, um, and then in in reading the script, honestly, I really like I, I sought it out again, and I watched the movie again, which I of course watched when it came out and enjoyed. Like I would watch any movie that has Oscar buzz or any movie with Keira Knightley. I do love her, um, but. I, I've really found myself enjoying it more and more and more. And like your script too, I I've just enjoyed so much because what I love about it and what I'm so excited for everyone to see is that it's extremely truthful to the, the experience of being on fire Island and the experience of being, I think um, a gay man and a group of gay friends and especially, um, a, a gay man and a group of gay friends that's been a group of friends for a long time and there's been changes to that it does feel like that mapping of the forgive me but chosen family onto the actual family really tracks 
and um, it's just going to be really fun. And I don't, I, I just don't know that we've had like a definitive, and not that it has to be definitive at all. It doesn't, and it's not trying to be. But I think it'll be really fun to have this movie take place here because there's history in the story that we're telling and there's also history yeah. in the place we're telling it. So I think it's really exciting, Jolie, and I'm really happy for you. I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm very excited. It is the, it's the biggest thing to, to ever happen in my life and I'm nervous and I'm scared, but I'm mostly, I'm mostly really excited. You know, like I, this is the year of Joel. It is the year of it me. Is the and year I, of and I refuse to accept otherwise. I well, will get I, everything I want. I will get every <laughs> single fucking thing that I want. Yeah, baby. You deserve it. Um, well, then right after that, you're going to go, what? Shoot your fucking show, Loot, with Maya Rudolph? What the fuck is yes. that? Three, day, three days after we wrap, I start shooting that show. Um, which it's is really on Apple? Exciting. It is on Apple. It is stars Maya Rudolph. It's Alan Yang. Um, I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn when I say that they wrote the part for me, which is really fucking nice. awesome. Um, there's lines about being gay and Asian and from Illinois in the side. So I read it and I was like, well, if I don't book this, then there's a problem. We have a bigger problem than then that's a real control. shame. You find yeah, out that's I was the like, thing I book. <laughs> 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 then everyone gets really mad. Um, but yeah, it was, um, it was a lot. And, um, I really needed it cause I was really coming down from a lot of Molly when I found out, um, <laughs> I was coming down. I, Here's a fun peek behind the curtain. When I shot my episode of iCarly, completely in a come down. Just completely yeah, I remember that serotonin. actually. I believe what 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 was that after? What, what event was that after? Because I think I that was, was after for it. that was after my friend Chris's thirtieth uh, birthday in oh, San Diego, which is right. the Florida of the U.S. Just the floor. <laughs> it is incredible. We tried to play volleyball. We tried to play volleyball on the beach, and the straight reaction to a bunch of gay men playing volleyball was such that it was uh, like. You, it was either people making fun of us or people uh, being like, oh my God, yes, 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 go for it. Go, yes, it is okay that what you're doing is okay. It's so what great. What you're doing is okay. Can and I ask you like, questions? Yeah, that we like, know we're playing fucking volleyball, you freaks. Just to drive home like that, that San Diego is the Florida of the West Coast, like, are there jet skis there? Oh, yeah. Then there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. Then it might specifically be the Tampa of the West Coast, uh, which higher praise I cannot give. Yeah. And the West Coast needs a Tampa. That's for sure. <laughs> Every coast needs a Tampa. Every coast needs a Tampa. Well, you know, actually, famously, the Gulf Coast has a Tampa, and then I guess the East Coast really doesn't. What's the Tampa of the East Coast? Might be Fire Island. <laughs> it might be Fire Island. <laughs> By the time I get there, anyway. You can make um, anything Tampa. I truly can't. I've never been on a jet ski. What? Okay. Um, speaking of jet skis, have you been watching Loki? Okay. And this is, this is, this I wanted to touch on with you. Have not, but, but that's only, but that's only because I've sort of been traveling a lot and like, I don't have my, I don't have Disney plus on my computer. I guess I could obviously easily log onto it, but I kind of want to watch it like in the comfort of my own home on my Apple TV plus. Can you sort of explain to me and the readers uh, about Loki being bisexual? And how well, does this connect think, with the themes of the piece? I don't think... It, it Why is, not, is he bi? It is not connected. I think it just tracks with the character. He's, um, you know, 
a trickster god, and as we know, bisexuals trick people. They are chaotic tricksters. They yeah, are it's actually a- tricksters. <laughs> should I make that a rule of culture? Nah. Yes, you should. Yes, okay, you fine. Should. But I, I'm easily convinced. Rule of culture number fifty-four: bisexuals, bisexuals are chaotic, are chaotic tricksters. tricksters. Until the canon. Um, Jk, <laughs> that's in the rule. Megan, Megan McCain, if you're out there, that's in the rule book. Oh, that I see. I see her off screen. She's shaking her head now. She threw her. She threw her pen on the ground. Oh, it's not a pen. It's a quill. Anyway, go ahead, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyways, yeah, it doesn't have any. There, it doesn't have anything to do with the plot. He mentions like fucking guys and girls what? and and it's that's that's it. That's that's literally it. All right, interesting. And so, but it's how great. Is- I think it's one. I think texturally, it feels much different than anything else in the MCU because you know they have the house style. I think that like there are a lot mm-hmm. of fun um, characters in it. I think there's a lot of fun performances in it. I think Owen Wilson is a lot of fun in it. I think there's there's an iconic character named Miss Minutes in it. Miss Minutes, voice Miss Minutes, babe, and she is voiced by one Tara Strong. Like you gotta get into it. How's Google in it? Gugu, what? How do you solve a problem like Gugu? I think easily. I think you just keep giving her parts because something's going to work. And I actually think she was incredible on the morning show. And also, readers, if you haven't watched Beyond the Lights, you got to watch Beyond the Lights. Beyond, Have you seen Beyond the Lights? Incredible and Beyond. The Lights. Amazing. In and fact, I love Gina Prince Bythewood. I love everything she does. Very fun in Miss Sloan. If you've seen that, but oh. we have not found we have not found a home for Gugu. No, and I don't not. think it's Loki. I don't think it's Loki. We still need to try. Like we are, she is the glass slipper, and we are traveling around the television landscape trying to find the correct genre and role for Gugu. But you know, I, I, maybe Gugu is just a character actress that we see plugged in places. I mean, there could be worse things. Laura Dern was that for many years, and then all of a sudden she became Laura Dern. Maybe we're just far away from the Gugu sons. I think we'll get there. I mean, she looks she looks incredible. She looks like she has an age today. So she has. Oh, she's she's a beautiful, beautiful woman. Shocking. So what does she do in the show? She's sort of a boss. She's like the boss okay. of Owen Wilson. She is yeah, a middle manager. She's a middle manager, which again feels like sort of a waste. Like she does get some action. It's fun to see Gugu in action. It's fun to see her see her wield a sword. You know, you love to see Gugu wield a sword. Sure. Hate to pivot this harshly away from Gugu and maybe the fact that I am is telling, but um, would we fuck Owen Wilson in it? Absolutely. Yeah, I, I, would, I, would, I would, would almost always fuck him. Yeah, depressed or not depressed, it doesn't matter. I would, I would fuck Owen Wilson. And have, yeah, for sure. I've thought that way. You know, a sexually formative memory for me is the bathtub scene in Shanghai Noon. I literally knew you were going to say that because that was probably when you were what, uh, 14? Um, I, if you were 14, I was slightly older, but I think I was younger than that because okay. I, had, I had never seen myself reflected on screen. An Asian, a hot Asian man in <laughs> a bathtub naked with a hot white man, you know? Mm-hmm. And that is my experience. That is my lived experience. And I, it was so beautiful for me to see that reflected back to me on screen. Do you think that Jackie Chan got um, hate DMs um, from being photographed, filmed even, in a bathtub with a white man? I think he probably did. 
I think he probably did. I think he probably invented Instagram. People invented Instagram so that just so that they could DM Jackie Chan about that scene in Shanghai. Hmm. 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 Where is Jackie now? You know what? I don't know. Probably too old for all of it. He he was in a movie recently called like The Foreigner, which is unfortunate. Um, That's rough. Yeah, it is not. It's it's sort of not where you want to see Jackie Chan now. But um, he is he's still kicking it. He's still he's still around. Still kicking it. Yeah, like he kicks a cinder block right in half in so many of his films. Anyway, okay, what um, else? What else are you watching? <laughs> can I tell you? I, this is another, one reason why I'm really upset that Bowen couldn't log on is because he has been getting really into in treatment. And have you watched In Treatment? I I saw this on Bowen's story, and I thought to myself, I should watch In Treatment. But instead, uh, I turned you? on CBS is Evil instead. Oh God, no, I never want to watch something on CBS. Even The Good Wife. The Good Wife, I would watch slash get into, and I would even do that with The Good Fight. But I just feel like it is too many episodes of too long. It, it, we have a reached a point now where you tell somebody. That is seven seasons and twenty two episodes per season, and it's untenable. It's but what am I supposed untenable. to do? It's like, we it's need like another, unless there's another pandemic, unless there's another shutdown. There, no one's doing that. No one. Maybe I can really, I can barely get through a uh, limited series ten episodes. Like, and, and that's long to me now. Now it's like yeah. I need things to be six or seven in, in a hot forty six minutes, like Ms. Mayor. But nowadays well, it's like, it's like I could never. I think The Good Wife is the last prestige show that was like on network 24 episodes of a full length hour show that people are like you could still watch this and enjoy it's no one's watching lost now no people are not doing it no and people, i wouldn't I mean, say you they need, should you, you you need to have pat regan on to talk about manifest but you know what you know what really mm-hmm. secured me of my attention span recently that i was uh, that i watched um is steven universe have you seen no what is that? Steven Universe is it's a cartoon by Rebecca Sugar. It is the episodes are eleven minutes long, if that. Okay, uh-huh. and it starts out. It seems very simple. It seems like very tropey. It is like you you watch the first episodes and they sort of drop you in to the middle of the story. It's about a little boy who is a gem, and then his three like ant figures who are also gems, and they protect the world. And it's like. If you've seen Sailor Moon, you you get the the vibe almost immediately, and it just is so brilliant how over the course of five seasons they layer in little bit by bit, and you re- you think you're watching a standalone show, you think you're watching sort of like an Adventure Time like nonsense, like every episode is self contained and it's and it restarts and the stakes restart at each episode, but you slowly realize that the show is like building upon its own lore in until a, pl- a, a point at which by the end of it, it is, one of the, it is one of the most brilliant things I've ever seen. And there's a movie and there's music. The, the voice talent on this show, Patti Lapone, mm. Nicki Minaj, Amy Ooh. Mann. This is Saint crazy. Estelle. Estelle is one of the main voice actors. And the show is queer as hell. There are so many trans allegories in it. There are literal lesbians kissing right. on the show. Steven Universe. And how do we watch Steven it? Steven Universe. It's on HBO Max. Okay, I love that. I no, and now you're talking my my language. Speaking because of H- it, go go. Well, I was gonna say speaking of HBO Max, I I got to watch Space Jam too early. What? Because 
You've okay. got to save our son. The, Joel, I screamed, you need to win this game and get our son back. <laughs> I, I was... By the way, that is Sonequa Martin-Green from Star Trek Discovery committing all the way. She's from the Sarah Paulson school of bad script and full 100% commitment. Yep. She serves every inch of this playing LeBron's wife. So Space Jam 2 is pretty much exactly Space Jam 1, but you drag and drop like all new references for the old one. So it's like... The, the the it's 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 just it's it's just so funny because it's literally the same, but it was fun I guess I mean and the reason I watched it is because and this is my announcement to the readers, um I'm gonna be hosting HBO Max Movie Club, which is a podcast presented by iHeart and HBO Max, which uh, is going to feature me and some special guests. Perhaps we're even looking at one. Um, talking about movies that are on the HBO Max platform that are coming out, that are classic movies on the platform. Um, I'm actually doing... um, Do you like Keanu Reeves? Yeah, love Keanu. Okay, so maybe you'll come on for my Keanu episode that I'm doing. Um, So they want to do an all-Keanu episode. So it's going to be like Point Break, Matrix, Speed. John Wick. You know, all the girls that are on the um, platform. So maybe you'll come on for my Keanu episode because I was going to have Joel Kim on to talk about the movie Freaky. Because one thing I said to these people, so basically it's like I'm watching all these movies and then hosting with comedian friends of mine or like, you know, uh, people from that that actually made the movie. It's going to be really, really cool. Actors, directors, whatever. And it starts very soon. Um, But I told them when they asked me to do the gig, I was like, just so you know, it's like a thing. I cannot watch scary movies. Like oftentimes even suspense thrillers, like I can't really get through because it makes me too anxious. And I I told them this and then they were like, it's fine. Nothing on the list is too scary. And then they go, okay, so week two is going to be freaky. <laughs> Flashback to when you and I were at Jared's house and you guys, I think, tricked me like, but like by some bisexuals. No, it, it was always, always, always in the plan. No, we, I we didn't went know. to Jared's house specifically to watch freaky. Well, all, all I know is it was on for, I think, about 45 seconds before I left the house. I was like, I cannot you, do this. You actually, you were there for longer than 45 minutes. You got up and you seconds. stood behind the couch, behind yeah. the couch, mm-hmm. a distance away, several yards away, around yeah. a corner. And yeah. you watched the, the opening uh, scenes of Freaky from around a corner. I got the fuck out of there, despite the fact that both of them told me, if you leave, we're going to be really mad. And I was like, well, I, I'm it's it's worth it to get into fights with my friends than to sit here because I don't know what it is, readers. I really and it's not like it's, it hasn't always been like this. I think just I, I just get really anxious watching scary movies. I don't know what it is. And you're talking to someone who loves haunted houses. Lo- I've been skydiving like I do, quote unquote, scary stuff. I mean, I'm out here in the world, uh, you know, and, and I just but I told them I was like, I really can't do scary movies. And then they were like okay, well, the second week is freaky. And I was like, okay, well, I know exactly who to get on. <laughs> Someone that's seen the movie and watched what happened to me when I tried to watch it. But now that episode is postponed and they want to do a Keanu episode instead. So I'm happy to hear that you love Keanu because you'll come on. Oh, and episode. we can watch Much Ado About Nothing, one of my favorite Keanu Reeves performances. And it's complicated. Oh, yeah. Little known Keanu vehicle. That would be really funny is if we did a Keanu Reeves 
episode, but we didn't do The Matrix or John Wick or any of his big movies. We did Much Ado About Nothing, and it's yeah, and it's complicated. And this is like early in his career when he could like sort of, and I say this with love, but barely act, and it wasn't like part of it yet. It was like they were st- like Keanu in the beginning, like they were giving him roles, and they were like, oh, he'll like learn to act, and then he never did, and everyone was like, but now it's part of it. But in the beginning of his career. I remember he was in Dracula and he says the word Europe like Europe and it's iconic. I watched it in high school and I loved it and I love Keanu. So, but anyway, it's great that I get to tell you all that I'm doing this podcast, which I hope you listen to as well. It'll be really fun. Uh, I, I, of course I am qualified to do this as someone who was once told by Bowen Yang that I maybe should think about getting a letterboxed. So this is me now hosting, um, I don't podcast. get letterbox. What is letterbox? I think it's just for for fags to sort of jump on and review shit. Okay, you know. Oh, this, isn't talking, this oh, sort of your the letterbox? Reason I, the reason I was talking about this was because the first episode is Space Jam Two. That's why oh, I was talking about okay. it. So that's how I got to see Space Jam Two early. I'm so glad you found it. I'm so <laughs> glad that we circled back to this. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. Refreshing bubbles, colorful bottles, and playful smiles galore. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible, and with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. Each sip adds a burst of fun to your day. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on all my favorite shows with. Yes, baby girl. And the resealable bottles makes them easy to take them on the go. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support too, keeping us feeling great all day long. Hey, try new Bubbly Burst. Hey, everybody. During the break, let's quickly talk about a couple things that are important to most people I know. Comfort and style. Crocs classic clogs and sandals have both covered. And when we're talking about style, we mean personal style. There's just so many colors and so many gibbets charms. You can dress up your Crocs to match your mood and to match your personality and to fit the occasion. I mean, ultimately, you can stand out from the crowd in a way that only you can because it's your personal style. And now let's talk about comfort. You know, it doesn't get better than the Crocs clogs and sandals when it comes to being comfortable. Style and comfort are usually a trade-off, but here they're a package deal. It's like you have cushions on your feet. Soft, stylish, personalized, colorful cushions. So why wait? Head over to Crocs.com today and experience the comfort and style of Crocs classic clogs and sandals for yourself your feet will thank you snag a job is where america goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring with access to over six million active hourly workers snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand tempt to hire part-time or full-time you name the position warehouse worker retail associate grocery store clerk fitness trainer baker stylist bellhop podcast producer yeah snag a job's got a worker for that with our easy to use platform you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard right snag a job is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire.
Well, spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa credit card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans, like for a car or a home. You know what I love about the Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card? What? There are no annual fees, interest, or credit checks to apply. Yes! You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Take back your finances. Build credit using your own money. Yeah. Did you know that with Chime Credit Builder that you can get paid up to two days early with direct deposit? I did. You can also overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualifying direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com forward slash culturistas. That's Chime.com forward slash culturistas. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card is issued by the Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. So at this point in the episode, about an hour and 16 minutes is in is when I say, Bowen, shouldn't we do I don't think so, honey? And he usually says, yes. So now I'm going to say to you, Joel Kim, should we do I don't think so, honey? Um, yes, I guess. I'm still, I'm still unclear about what mine is going to be. I, again, melatonin, I was asked to do this at the last minute. I'm in a cold. I'm in a weird headspace. Everybody has to just chill out. Everybody just chill out. I don't think that you're going to get negative feedback for, uh, I don't think you possibly could. I mean, think about what a high you're on. You're doing the movie. You got this show with Maya. You got um, fucking, you're, you're, you've survived the gay cold. You got San Francisco friends who are cooler than the ones you had before. I mean, so much is going well for you. And you're also going to get to hear my I don't think so, honey, which of course is going to happen first, as it always does. Do you need time? I don't think so, honey. Yes, is a one minute sort of rant, really, a fevered manner of speech where um, Bowen and I and a guest and tonight Joel and I go off, in quotes, as the kids say, on an item of culture that we don't like very much. And today I was talking to some gays in a group thread and I realized that um, there's something in the culture that's been happening since the beginning of live performance that I don't think so, honey. And so I'm thrilled to present it to you today. Okay. Matt Rogers, your mm-hmm. I don't think so, honey. Time starts now. I don't think so, honey. Standing ovations. Bitch, sit the fuck down. I cannot see over your fucking head, which is now so high. You need to get in your seat. That's why it's there. What is that good that you need to stand for? I don't think so, honey. Standing up and like clapping because guess what not everyone around you wants to do that and now you force them to because it's custom i don't think so honey at the con film festival whenever something is half good it gets a 10 minute standing ovation that movie annette with adam driver and marion cotillard it was reported that it got over six minutes standing ovation bitch pierre's need to sit the fuck down okay if i wanted to see a bunch of racist clap I would go to a fucking Toby Keith concert, which is a joke I said in said group chat today, which got zero likes, which is a bummer because I actually thought it was pretty good. And so I'm repeating it here on the podcast. I don't think so, honey. Standing ovations. I want to sit. My thighs hurt. My calves hurt. And most importantly, my feet hurt. So I don't want to stand on them. I don't think so, honey. 
And that's one minute. How did you feel about that? I felt great about that. And you know, I love, I love when it's about culture. You know, I love when it's a, of the culture. You know, you have a lot of I, notes when it's not. I do. You know, I'm a purist. I think it should be something related to film, television, movies, dance. <laughs> dance is a big one. Film, you know? television, movies, dance. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know what? If someone slays a dance, you can stand ovation for them. But that's really all. But I, I think my I don't think so, honey, is not going to be directly related to culture. You're going to go against your own rules? Well, you know, I famously did I don't think so, honey, when you fart and a little bit of cum comes out. Yeah, I remember you did that in front of my parents. Yeah, and that was <laughs> one of my most iconic I don't think so, honeys, and it did not it was. pass me through to the next Yeah, time. that was the iconic readers. Uh, if some of you who've joined the process um, of listening to this podcast late might not know that Bowen and I once did an I Don't Think So Honey competition at Clusterfest in San Francisco that was judged by Alaska Thunderfuck and Jinx Monsoon. And I thought they really flopped in their decision making when they did not pass through Joel Kim Booster, who said, I don't think so, honey, when you fart and a little bit of cum comes out in front of my father, Richard, my mother, Katrina, and my sister, Chelsea Ryan. Who, speaking of standing ovations, your dad stood up. Yeah. I think, that, I think that they all really liked it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm incredible with parents. Yeah, they love you. Um, and I'll tell them that you said hello, even though you didn't. I always say hello to Tina. Her name is Trina. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Coach and Tina. Coach and Trina. Um, Joel thinks I'm from New Jersey more than he thinks I'm from Long Island. I think he. I think he. I might say it because think I know it right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, all okay. Right. So, on this episode of I Don't Think So, Honey, that um, has been so kindly saved by Joel Kim, um, I am honored to sort of flip the phone in his direction um, and press start for what will be a thrilling, I don't think so, honey, from one of the best, um, robbed on the Clusterfest competition of I don't think so, honey. And here he is, everyone, it's Joel Kim Booster, and his I don't think so, honey, starts now. I don't think so, honey, long text messages. I do not want to see a wall of text Pop up on my phone. That You're little so right. ding that my phone does, it is for mm. tiny little messages. Where are you? BRB. What are you doing? You want to come over? That is it, honey. If I have to scroll through my phone to read the entirety of the message, I mm. don't think so, honey. Bring Mm-mm. that wall down. Make mm-hmm. it an email, okay? Mm-hmm. If you have to put paragraph indentations in mm-hmm. your text message, it is too long. If yeah. I have to scroll. It's too long. If if even break it up, break it up into smaller chunks. Even it's less aggressive to see a smaller chunk of a fifteen seconds. These messages were not meant to be long. Okay, Uh, I am like the fucking Jericho. Bring the wall down, Mister Gorbachev. I do not want to see the wall. (laughs) That is the quote, and I am leaving it there. Stop sending long text messages. Make it a phone call. And that's one minute. I, I disagree making a phone call. I almost never want to get on the phone. I don't like talking on the phone. Uh, but, but I will say this. You must love my texting because it's a lot of short things. Bursts. Sometimes I'll just short be, bursts. Sometimes I'll just be like, I'll just, like, if, if I were texting right now what I'm saying, it would be truly eight text. Like the word yeah. like will be its own text for me. So I'm really happy that, that that's the I case. love seeing a cluster of, of, of white. 
I love seeing uh, or blue. I, I love seeing a cluster. Of I love seeing a cluster of white. Joel Kim Booster, <laughs> fresh off a of vacation. <laughs> Drag him. I love seeing a cluster of white. For, I forgot the title of that. Um, cluster but, of white. Has has good news ever been communicated in a long text message? No. Has something kind, edifying ever been ever been? It's usually someone who's like, I I just want to be honest with you. Whenever I'm sending a a a something over text, it all has to be one because I don't want to give them the opportunity to interject. So I think Mm -hmm. that's why you see a long text message happen because I want all the information to come out before I get sort of derailed sidetracked misunderstood um by someone interjecting mid text but i so i think that's why you sort of may receive like an email from people (laughs) don't defend him wow (laughs) is this maybe is is this what happened a couple hours ago no 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 no. that was professional oh well i'm i'm trusting that you figured it out yeah good you have to meet people where they are period great um well listen i've learned a lot i feel we did exchange words on the culture i have to say that this was edifying educational you taught people about um what did you teach about before again i don't know i'm not melatonin bitch listen i feel like you didn't make a catchphrase with me i feel like you didn't use any of the catchphrases we did so many rules of culture i feel like you didn't say you understand i feel like you didn't say (laughs) you didn't create you didn't create new vernacular with me stop dragging me i think that this episode is going to be one of the best i think people are going to be like wow to know to know what, what the girls are capable of when tragedy befalls. And let me just say what happened to Bowen. Bowen is off in the Dominican Republic for reasons I don't think I can disclose, but but they're good cool. reasons. They're, they're cool. very cool reasons and good reasons. Um, and wouldn't you believe it? The Wi-Fi at his hotel in the DR, not so great. And so he sort of hopped on and we sort of got very um, uh, sort of... Uh, Bowen Yang is frustrated energy with the with the Wi-Fi. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to nip this in a bud right now and call someone that I know at least was available before because they asked me to hang out. And that was you, Joel Kim. And I'm so happy that I did because not only did I get to spend time with my sister, but I got to provide the readers with an excellent episode hosted by co-hosted by one of our great minds. Can I tell you a story really quickly that yeah. the Dominican Republic just reminded me of? Because... Um, yeah. Our friend, our friend Bowen, is in the Dominican Republic, the Dominican Republic, and one of my um, friends, Sandra Bullock, is also in the Dominican Republic right now, <laughs> and she somehow is now friends <laughs> with one of our mutual friends who listened to Iowa Deborah's podcast Iconoclast, where she yeah. listened to my episode of Iconoclast, uh-huh. um, where I talk about Sandra Bullock mm-hmm. and texted her a breakdown of what I said in the episode and whether or not it was right or wrong. All oh. the questions I asked about Sandra. And the one negative thing I said about Sandra Bullock, the one negative thing I said, I said the only bad things Sandra Bullock has ever done is the Minions movie. Minions. She should mm-hmm. not do voiceover work. And she said in response to that, your friend Joel is absolutely correct. I fall apart in the booth. And I've I never done it again. fall apart in the booth. See, that is so shocking to me. You think she'd come alive in the booth? No, she needs another person there. I see it for her. I see it. 
You know, I'm going to say this about myself. I come alive in the booth. I do too. I love the booth. I love the booth. I think the booth is a great place. I think the booth is a place of great opportunity. So color me shocked to hear that Sandra Bullock doesn't like the booth, but maybe she just loves the camera just like it loves her. You know, she, she loves the camera. I think she loves the tactile nature of acting. She's always touching something. You know, I think that's the problem. I think that's the problem. Yeah. And what she's touching is our hearts. And you know what? You know what? She has that in common with you. And you were able to reach through the screen. Big things coming, Jolie. Big things. Can't wait to oh, I can't, I can't wait for those big things, too. I've got a lot of stuff. I, I, I got a lot of big things waiting for me around New York City. Oh, I hope that's not um, a euphemism. But I also I hope it's it not. is. <laughs> it's not. I just, I have a lot of belongings that I have left over the city in various storage units. Okay, well, um, I'll uh, suggest some people to help you pick those things up. Okay, great. Uh, Joel Kim, we end every episode with a song, and I want you to know that last week we sort of iconically ended with Only Hope by Mandy Moore. I remember. Um, and so I would sort of like to, and that's the reason we did that is because we mentioned her during the episode. Mm-hmm. And so I'd like to sing the classic tune. Oh, wait, wait, of, we have to name cousin of the week. Oh, 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 oh. The cousin of the week. Wow. Is really tight between three people. Mm-hmm. Okay. The cousin of the week is tight between Danielle Staub for um, appearing in the Erica Jane documentary and claiming to know information that we're not sure that she knows and also resembling a uh, Long Island sort of tri-state area girl that I know. And and, the, and this is still Lost Coach, so I do get to sort of make the decision. Then the next nominee is um, Gugu Mbatha-Ra because mm. we don't really know what to do with her, but we know we want her around at all times. And she mm-hmm. is a welcome presence. Not a sister, not a mother. No. Something in the, in the, in between. And the third nominee for cousin of the week is of course, Haley Steinfeld, because we always love speaking of her. She got accolades from her family and beyond for doing a goofy accent wearing a big hat and riding a horse, which, you know, if a cousin does that in a family, it's the most hilarious thing, especially when she's a cute girl. Voted for Trump. And we end every episode with a song. (laughs) Hey, gonna love myself. (laughs) Don't need anybody else. She's the cousin of the week. Yeah. Gonna love myself. Don't need anybody else. Anytime, day or night. I love me. We do not have confirmation that Haley Steinfeld voted for Trump. It's a vicious rumor and that that will that exist in that it will exist in Hollywood history. Goodbye. <laughs> Goodbye. There's a new sparkling water beverage from the makers of Bubbly, Bubbly Burst. It's bursting with fruit flavor, no added sugar, and all smiles. Bubbly comes in a variety of six fun flavors that taste incredible. And with no added sugar and low calories, there's a lot to smile about. I don't know about you, Matt, but it's my perfect beverage for catching up on my favorite shows with. Yes, Lil Bowen. Bubbly Burst has antioxidant and immune support, keeping me feeling great all day long. You deserve that. Try new Bubbly Burst.
you know that I feel like it's really important to express yourself. I know that about you. You got to put your true self out there, okay? And those classic Crocs, clogs, and sandals let you do just that. Between the rainbow of colors and the gibbets charms, you can create a unique look. And I mean, literally, no one else will have shoes exactly like yours. Hey, you know, it doesn't get more comfortable than Crocs, clogs, and sandals. They're just the perfect blend of comfort and creativity. Visit crocs.com to explore the latest styles and gibbets charms. When the music of Celine Dion makes sweet Canadian love with the Oscar-winning film Titanic, you get Titanic, a campy, unhinged, chaotic night out. Find out what really happened to Jack and Rose on that fateful night from Celine Dion's totally real and historically accurate perspective. Some say Titanic is the best gay nightclub in the city, and those people are me. And me. So set sail with this cookie crazy off-Broadway hit and get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. Get tickets today at titanicmusical.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.